Fact or fiction, truth or fairy tale, we all have a story to tell. Welcome to Storyteller Station, dedicated to sharing stories for all who love to hear them and encouraging others to tell their stories with the belief in the power of story to change a person and ultimately change the world. I'm Sarah Fenland Falk, independent author, boy mom, entrepreneur, and your host on the Storyteller Station podcast. Hi friends, welcome back to Storyteller Station. I'm so glad you're here. And I hope whenever and wherever you're listening to this that it is a beautiful day in your neighborhood. It was rainy and dark in this neighborhood today, but you know what? It was mild nonetheless, and it was just it was just a nice day. So, I hope that even if there is rain in your forecast that you know, you just enjoy the idea of your plants being watered or your flowers out in the garden being watered or your grass or whatever it is that's out there growing in your front yard. And that, I don't know, even in the darkness, we know that soon there will be light. So I hope that you are just inspired and encouraged even in the darkest of days even in with storm clouds rolling in. Well, today I have a wonderful conclusion to a wonderful interview that I did with Elena Page. She is a lovely, lovely, independently published author from Australia. And so she just has this lovely accent. And it was so fun to talk with her. And we probably could have talked for hours and hours. But... Um, I'm sharing about an hour's worth of our conversation with you, so I hope that you enjoy. So without further ado, here is the conclusion of my interview with Elena Page. And the key, I think the one key sentence that really guides my writing and my characters is that character does something at the end of the book in the finale that they never would have done at the beginning. Mm. And that's it. They do something at the end that their personality would never have allowed them to do at the beginning. A bit like, you know, me in my lifetime, I'm doing something now in my forties. I'm selfishly writing these incredible stories that I'm loving to do, very selfish in my own little den, <laughs> instead of potentially helping, healing, guiding other people back to health. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might really see that as incredibly selfish, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't have done that 20 years ago, but I'm a different person now at the end of my own book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately I only just hope the same for my characters. Right, wrong, good, bad, not everyone's going to like that, but that's the way it goes. That's that character's journey and they're entitled to do it differently. Yeah. I love that. That's going to make your stories interesting, <laughs> you know, because so. because we are all so different. We, right. we are. Right. And our, everyone's journey is different, so... That makes perfect sense. (laughs) 
So where, where do, where do you get your inspiration? Where, what sparks the story for you? Typically. I am so strange. Like I will (laughs) often write a story based on a house that I walk past. (laughs) That's awesome. That happens. I know it happens Mm -hmm. a lot. It's extremely strange, but I will, you know, think, oh, that house deserves the story. And then I'll come up with the title, right? I come up with Mm -hmm. the title. I'll often, I'll, I'll start to visualize or get a sense of my main character. But at this point, I know nothing. I don't know what that story is going to be about. I don't know what personal development that character needs in this lifetime called their book. I just know that Oh, I love this house. I love this title. I'm I'm grooving with this character. <laughs> and I sit down and just I let it emerge on the page. And I'll sometimes take notes of what I think should or will happen, but it, and then I'll start writing and it really doesn't happen that way at all. Uh I liken it to when I first started meditating, I I would sit there for 20 minutes and instead of focusing on nothing, I would think about what perfect breakfast I should eat, like the perfect breakfast, (laughs) you know, like the breakfast that would just be everything that breakfast needs to be, make me healthy, like make my taste buds happy, the whole bit. And at the end of the 20 minutes, I I had it. I knew what it was going to be and I nailed what my breakfast was going to be. And I would walk into the kitchen and I would look down and I'm like, I don't want to eat that. And then I'd eat something totally different. (laughs) (laughs) That's how my story, that's how my storytelling goes. You know, I can have plans in the world, but you know, I'm a, I'm a true believer that that a particular story is, is waiting in the higher realms of storage. And I just need to essentially channel it through and just let it be what the universe wants it to be with as little interference from my critical brain as possible. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's what I aim for. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so do you do you type or do you dictate? Because I, I type. find... Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, dicta- you find dictating is a bit easier for that? For avoiding the inner critic, yes. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know yep. why. It just it flows more easily. You You can't just go back or you can't reread what you just wrote Um, because a lot of times I'm doing the laundry or doing something a little active and I'm dictating into my my headphones and so I'm not even looking at what I wrote until the end of the day when I go back and kind of edit because the dictation isn't perfect but um, then I only have a little bit of time at the end of the day so then I'm not like reworking the whole thing (laughs) I love that I must try that yes yeah yes yes, that makes sense it takes some getting used to because you know you're saying the you're dictating the punctuation as well but once you get used to it it goes great and And, yeah a lot of words yeah I was gonna (laughs) say I'm so jealous you would write so many more words that way (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, I have to, I have tried it a little bit, but probably not persisted with it. Yeah, um, sure. In in nonfiction, I've done that. I've actually talked my other nonfiction <laughs> books, 
But I almost feel like my storyteller brain's hidden somewhere deep inside the crevices and I haven't quite emerged it yet. I haven't got the same confidence or something. I'm not sure. That's, yeah, I'll have sure. to that Yeah, speaking it out is very different. Mm. It feels different than typing it. It, yeah, you're right. It is. It it almost is a different voice. Maybe that's a little right. dramatic, but it it almost feels like that. But anyway, I'll be I interested to hear if that. you try that and if you like it. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I I use this funny device. I think you might have seen it on my Instagram post. Uh, what is it called? Oh the, yeah, the Neo, and it only gives you a tiny bit of screen, and it's really painful to go and read what you've already written. And so that's so, a good way yeah. to limit that critical. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's it's a good way to limit the critical voice as as you're writing. I don't find the critical voice interferes too much as I'm writing. It interferes when I'm looking at that blank page. It says, oh, you know, forget it. There's nothing you have to say. Sure. You've got nothing. You've got nothing. Nothing's going to come right? out. Nothing good's going to come out. Nothing good. Nothing good. The story's terrible. And I'm like, shush. I'm trying to get into the zone. Right. <laughs> Let me get this going. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how long does it take you to write a book then? Now that you've switched to middle grade, <clears throat> you're not doing the picture books anymore. You're doing middle grade. So it really varies. And okay. I think it depends sort of where I'm at with life as well, <laughs> which is. Yeah. You know, not so such a good thing, but at the same time, I'm a very much go with the flow person. So, it, like sometimes a book will be born very quickly. You know, one of my middle grades was, I think, about forty five thousand words. It was a shorter one, and that was a month. Okay. The the Splendid Secrets book took, I think, four and a half months. So that was a little took a little longer, mm-hmm. but. Uh, that's just kind of the way it went. I couldn't force it any faster. I sure. did one of my shorter chapter books, um, Evie Everyday Witch. Book one was done in 15 days. Wow. It's amazing. I know, so fast. But How many words uh, in that book? Uh, that's about uh, 18,000, 19,000 words. So it's, it's, okay. it's shorter, but it's still, you know, 15 still. days. Think, wow. Yeah. And, of course, that part of me that says, wow, if I could put a, you know, write a book every 15 days or every month, where would I be, you know? Right. But, but every story kind of has its own pace. Like book two and book three of Evie took like three months each. I don't know why. But huh. it's, it's almost like just every time I went back, the next part of the story hadn't quite arrived. So, sure. yeah, and, and perhaps... Yeah, I'm not sure why that is. This year I am going to look at trying to force more words out, but that could totally rebound on me. So we'll see. <laughs> You'll just try it. You'll just see. <laughs> it's, it'll see where it goes. But, I mean, it's really quite funny because to the outside world, they're like, wow, you're so prolific. And I'm like, am I? I only put out three books. <laughs> but they sort of think it's quite fast. A lot of traditional yeah. published authors just write one book a year and right you know that's that's where they're at so I'm not in and I, I wonder though if that's more their publisher timeline than the writing timeline perhaps perhaps yeah. and, and also speaking to some traditionally published friends 
they'll often put that book away for a few months to kind of ferment. And I've been doing that a little more. I've been sort of, you know, leaving it aside a little bit and not being in such a rush. And I must admit, when I go back to it, there's a, there's a different sense. I'm not in such a hurry. And I think it's like a fine wine. It's making the books slightly better than before from not hurrying on them so much. Mm-hmm. So that's been a learning curve because I'm a little bit of a hurry, hurry person, as you can tell sure. from writing so many <laughs> books in a short while. But, you know, well, that's, it, that's, and right. the story, you get excited, right? You're excited about the story. You're excited to share it. And sometimes but I get I'm, that. I'm sometimes the person who is like, people go, oh, you know, all I could think of is to write. And I'm like, God, writing is like pulling teeth. Please. It, it never... is the hard part. <laughs> yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I'm not one of these joyous writers. I'm like, I won't go in there. I won't. I won't go. I, I love it when I'm in it, but to get into it is almost it's... like a, a little bit painful for me because mm-hmm. I have to surrender all the parts of my ego and it's a bit like meditating. I'm like, I don't want to meditate. I won't. But I know that once I start, it's blissful and I never want to come out. Yeah. But it doesn't come necessarily naturally to me, even though it seems like it does. Yeah. Sure. It's, to me, it's like a communion with the divine when I write. And so it's like, look, I love you, dude. If you're a dude or if you're a dudette or if you're just an essence in the sky, I do. But I'd much rather watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> that's easier <laughs> it's that thing isn't it but I know I'm a better person after I've communed and after that's I've connected right. uh-huh. <laughs> and after I've created but it's it's that resistance you know that so many people talk about sure sure did you ever pursue traditional publishing I never did. No. Now, I'll be absolutely honest because I'm an incredibly vulnerable, honest person. I don't know if that's because I did not want to go through the rejection because my poor little temperament would not have coped with it. I don't know if that's why I never followed it. I, I am very entrepreneurial in nature. I, you know, have been for the last 20 years. I've been in that, you know, my own practice and I really quite, love the challenge I I like to be I don't want to say control because I'm not necessarily a control freak although perhaps others may argue against that I I just I like to have freedom I think that's the key word for me freedom I like like I said I don't I don't want to hand that thing to you and for you to say that's not what we're into at the moment yeah, like we're not we're not doing fairies. I'm sorry, fairies are last year. I don't like that. I I do miss having somebody because I, despite liking to do things myself, I do miss, for example, twenty rounds of edits. You know, like they get so many rounds of edits in mm. the traditional world. At least mm-hmm. that's what I've heard people tell me. <clears throat> I do miss that direction. I think I would, my books would be better with more direction because I am open to direction but uh, and I can only really afford one or two rounds of editing because it's quite pricey and and then it it just goes out into the world so that I probably you know dearly miss I would be very open to traditional publishing to have that 
almost like that partnership or somebody to sort of go, you know, just here, just shift it a little that way. You almost nailed it, but you just needed to put it a bit like that. That Uh, would be terrific. But, you know, in terms of getting out and marketing and selling stuff, I think you have to do that anyway. I I was traditionally published before as Helen Page. One of my books was traditionally published. And okay. I, I've got to be honest, I was a little disappointed with the what the publisher does. I mean, they're, they're great at getting that book out into the world, but they're not so fantastic at marketing that book. I still had to do all that. And now that I know how to create a book, I kind of look at it as, you know, essentially I am a publisher now, whether I like it or not. That's what I am. I am a publisher. Right. And so as my resources grow, as I get, you know, a little bit more ability, I can, you know, maybe do two, three, four rounds of edits to make my future books better. And, you know, that's okay if my earlier ones, you know, could have been slightly more refined and they're not. That's the process of life. I'm not going to go back and change them or fix them. In fact, I almost love you can you know, come to my books and see the timeline of my development and growth as an author and publisher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just the way it goes. And I also see some really average books do really, really well. Sure. And some right. amazing books not do so well. So at the end of the day, I think concept trumps even over the delivery of that book, right? I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey is a perfect example of that. I have not read it. I don't read romance, unfortunately, but Mm -hmm. everyone says it's so badly written. And who cares if it's badly written? It was a great concept and concepts are always going to sell over perfectly written books, in my opinion. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, it certainly seems so. I think you're right. So I've never tried being traditionally published. It would be curious if I did. Would they be like, what is this rubbish? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I I kind of feel now that I've, you know, published a handful of my own that I like being in charge of the process. I like being in charge of when that's coming out and what the cover will be. And I'm not sure I would want to give all of right. that you know, all of those decisions over to someone else. I don't know. And maybe I would be surprised at, you know, the different covers they might select over what I've selected, but uh, who knows? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did go to an event because I'm in Australia, for those of you that haven't recognized this strange accent. Uh, I did go to a a big event where, you know, authors go and all the publishers are there, you know, like – Penguin and all the big, all the big publishers and the small publishers, but and I, I was just, I was overwhelmed by how, I'm sorry, but honestly, it felt so elitist, and mm. and really, people were so diminished, and they said several times, it's all about who you know, and I thought, oh my goodness, is it really? I don't know. Maybe it's that part of me that thinks. It shouldn't be about who you know because I'm the sort of person where I won't suck up to someone just so that they can like me and and get, you know, publish me so that I can become someone rich and famous in the world. I I just, I don't know, I found that a little bit like, no, please tell me it isn't like that. And people just absolutely 
devastated. And, you know, the publishers made so much money. You had to pay to get into the event. You had to pay for your manuscript to be assessed. And I, I just, I, I'm a little bit saddened that the world still runs on money, I suppose, because mm. the world needs to run on stories, doesn't it, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Come on. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But that's the nature of it and you know i'm i'm very big on i i won't write things just for the money it doesn't mean i won't write to market occasionally you know if that's sure. what comes to do and i i very much enjoy making money because then i can use that money to write more stories and to actually live a life that's you know where we're at as a humanity at this time but i'm not about the money i don't write for the money I, I write for, for the joy and essentially to, as you say, help people. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And what, what, is there anything you would like to share about what you're working on right now? Well, I have gone back to the Magicians series and it has been, like last year I didn't put out a release in that series, which is very, very naughty and especially <laughs> naughty as an independent publisher <laughs> writer. Mm-hmm. And I, it's because that series is so hard to write. Like it's, it's the most ridiculous series ever. Like it's stupid. Like it wouldn't even match my brand in some ways because I don't know if you remember uh, when you were younger that series on TV, uh, that soap opera called Days of Our Lives. Sure. You know, do, do you remember Days of Our Lives where it was like, blah, blah, is not really your mother, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, like it's just entangled. It's so entangled right. and ridiculous. And, you know, that is the Magician series. It is insanity. But it's, it's so much fun. It's just like this creative stupidity on a page. And I love it for what it is, but it's so hard to write. There's Uh too many characters. You know, if I could go back, that was my very, very first middle grade. And I just gave myself permission to just go nuts. And I love it for what it is. I will not ever pull it off the shelves and be like, it it ruins my brand. No, no, it's, it's crazy fun. It's like, it's just insanity, but it's really, really hard to write. So I've been avoiding it, I think, for the last year. And now I, I owe it to the fans because, believe it or not, it does have fans. I don't know how. I don't know who nice. they are, but they exist. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm going back and I'm forcing myself to finish the last two books of that series. And it's super fast-paced. Um, kids, kids who are... Uh, Neurologically diverse, that's the word I like to use. Yeah. I don't like the words. I don't like on the autistic spectrum because we're all on the spectrum, so they say. I, I think neurologically diverse. We're all neurologically diverse. And uh, kids who, particularly boys, who are especially neurologically diverse, in other words, they don't focus very easily, but they're hyper-focused and their brains work really fast, in fact, love that series I Mm. get reviews about how my son who can't concentrate on anything loved this series and you know essentially I probably wrote that for for my own son whose brain is very similar to that like you know he can't sit there through laborious description and my brain says gosh this is so complicated there's too many characters and nope his brain goes love this yep he's got it yep yeah, he's good. So, <laughs> so I owe it to to all the people who read that series to 
finish it. So that's what I'm working on at the moment. And I'm not allowed to get tempted to go back to the Splendid Secrets world, even though it's very enticing until I finish Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) And also the Splendid Secrets book is actually my top-selling book. So financially it makes sense to write that one still, but it's on hold because I've got to do the right thing by the readers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So where do you connect with your readers? Through your website, which is lovely, by the way. It's a work in progress. Thank you for saying that it's nice. Yes, it's uh, through the website. Yes, so people do email me uh, through having found me on the website, social media. Um, I'm very chatty and personable. So, you know, I really love to connect with readers. Like I had this one reader last week who was writing to me about, my Evie books and said, you're not going to do this, are you? And I said, I might. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we sort of have these discussions about what are you going to do next? And I I say to them, I don't know what I'm going to do next. So actually it's not helpful to ask me because I actually don't know what's going to come out of my fingers. (laughs) Right. Uh, So, yeah, I'm I'm quite interactive if people bother to interact. I I have a a quite... um, Maybe a couple of thousand followers in my on my email list, which I need to grow again. I did grow it to a couple of thousand, but I need to now grow it again because I can get a sure. bit slack in actually sending out emails to them. But when I do, they write back and I write to them and we have a really Aww. jolly old time. That's awesome. So, so, yeah, just they're the main ways. And as I say, social media, Facebook, I'm quite active on Facebook, Instagram. I'm quite active on Instagram, although probably more fellow authors I connect with on Instagram than readers for whatever reason. That's just how that platform's uh, unfolding and always just looking to grow that and also wanting to do more school visits this year as well. That's on my to-do list locally, although I could potentially come for a U.S. tour one day. That would be fun. that'd be awesome. Yeah, Yeah, because my books books actually mostly do sell in the U.S. because of Amazon. So sure. which is quite quite interesting to be an Australian author. They are they are actually edited in US Chicago manual style, uh, but I I'm not very well known in Australia because I haven't really gone out and gone. I'm a, I'm an author. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well. I just want to be sure to mention that your website is your name, E-L-E-N-A, Elena Page, P-A-I-G-E dot com. And all of that, I'll link to that in the interview show notes on my website so that people can find you directly. Thank you. It's been so much fun chatting with you about books and writing and here's it to has been career. lovely and here's to your career and writing really flourishing in 2020 and us staying connected as fellow independent authors that sounds fantastic <laughs> I so appreciate your time and your talent and hopefully we can do this again another time what do you think Yes, and do keep going with your wonderful podcast. It's such a wonderful resource. I absolutely love it. Uh, Thank you. I will do that. (laughs) All right. Well, again, thank you for your time. And hopefully uh, this is going to be a wonderful year for you as well, ma'am. Thanks, Sarah. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll talk again soon. Take care. 
Well, there you have it, folks. The wonderful conclusion of my interview with Elena Page. And I certainly hope that you'll take the time to check Elena out, E-L-E-N-A, Page, P-A-I-G-E dot com. She has a lot of wonderful things to offer, wonderful books for all ages. And so, yeah, check her out. Just just go do it. And as for me, I just wanted to let everyone know that I am actually about to publish the fourth book in my middle grade fantasy series, the Sage Cheval series. The Path of Endurance will be out before the end of the month. I have not solidified a an actual date yet, but I will let you know as soon as that happens, as soon as that is solidified. I'm kind of dragging my feet on edits here, so I'll have to do a, um, a podcast episode and let you all know what my editing process is. Um, it's really, I mean, it, it's fairly straightforward, but it's just... As most independently published authors know, it's quite time consuming. So um, that's kind of where I'm hung up right now. But I hope to get that done real, really, really soon and get that wonderful project out into the world. So until next time, every other Monday, you can get an episode of Storyteller Station. Until next time, I hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful couple weeks, that you create some wonderful and great things. And if you want to connect with me, please visit sarahfenlandfalk.com or leave me a message here on the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest, I'd love to have you. So reach out and let me know. Okay, friends, until next time, take care.